has come to a close. They do finish 82-80 and 80 for their 31st straight winning season, but this season was an absolute failure and, and one in which hopefully leads to some significant changes. Unfortunately, I'm, I am skeptical what those changes are and if, I don't know, like, there's not a whole lot that they can really do from a roster standpoint, in my opinion. Like, And we'll discuss that along the way and, you know, more of a discourse on that in the offseason. You know, we'll, we'll talk about this Royals series, which there was a lot of ugly and a lot of things that are pertinent to the future that were just straight up awful. Um, but yeah, like, I don't want to harp too much on it, but obviously, you know, the Yankees you know, find a way in ugly fashion to, you know, keep that streak alive. I, I, the problem I have with it is I don't want that to be something that the Yankee front office, you know, hangs their hat on and says, hey, like, we, you know, as bad as things were, you know, there's the judge injury. I don't want the excuse making. And look, when you have the payroll the Yankees have, you sure as hell should finish above 500. So this was the worst season that I've seen as a fan. Um, and I've been lucky as a fan. I've been, you know, I've been a diehard fan. Um, and again, totally coincidental because I was, you know, seven years old. Night 78 was really the first season that I really got into like every game. Um, so I've seen a lot of winning, although I haven't seen a World Series appearance in 2009, but I digress. It's, but this was just a complete failure of a season. And that blame really goes to Brian Cashman. Like Aaron Boone going like, let's say he was let go. That's all well and good. That wouldn't change anything, right? Like, Cashman is the problem. So fans will be upset, like, if Boone is back. And, and in some ways, it'll be frustrating. I get it. But, like, Cashman is the problem. Cashman and company. And therefore, Hal is a problem. Because Hal allows this to exist. And this is a broken setup. It's a broken setup that needs major, major changes. And Aaron Judge, look, give him credit. He's been very vocal about the fact that this does need to change. Like, that is encouraging. He is the most important player. Him and Garrett Cole are the two most important people. Um, honestly, in this organization, like, Judge, you know, when it comes to Hal Steinbrenner, Aaron Judge, uh, his opinion should matter more than Brian Cashman's. I mean, honestly, like, uh, Brian Cashman is replaceable. Aaron Judge is not. And so what he says should be taken with... Um, a lot of thought and consideration. So this let's let's talk about this series. We'll kind of bounce around. Uh, you know, happy the season is over. Honestly, getting through the season was was quite the task. You know, like and September had its interesting moments. You know, like but man, did it have its lulls. And, and like, uh, you know, hopefully twenty twenty four will be better. But I have my doubts. Very much so. Um, so Yankees-Royals, Royals did, they almost had the most losses in franchise history, but avoided that. So I guess that must have meant that they must have tied it. Either they avoided tying their worst record ever or losses ever, or avoided like standalone worse. So um, in terms of other achievements or like that, that's not an achievement, but like Bobby Witt did not get his 50th steal. So that was something to look at. And he got caught a couple of times. But really, the big story of this series is fucking Carlos Rodon. Wow. Like, and I'm happy that this happened. 
he ends up recording zero outs in the first game, allows eight runs, six hits and two walks. This guy has been a fucking joke all season. Finishes with a 6.85 ERA. Talk about a year one, just complete failure. And I'm sorry, like, I think I think that there should be major, major concerns moving forward. Could he turn it around? Yes. Like, I'm not giving up on this, but wow, like, you, there are red flags all over the place here. And not for nothing, just straight disrespect towards Matt Blake. Where, you know, I know you're frustrated, but you just turn your back on him? Come on, man. Like, you know, Matt Blake is actually one of the few, uh, few bright spots of this Yankee organization. Y- you may as well listen to what he has to say. Carlos Rodon is 3-8, and eight, just wow. And it's a bad look on Brian Cashman. And I'm not going to completely, completely rip him because, hey, I, I did like the idea of Carlos Rodon. So, like, it's not fair to me. Like, that is not something that at first I said, oh, you can't get him. I didn't say that. But, hey, like I said about Rodon, I'm not the GM. <laughs> so... Fair or unfair, like, hey, you're the one making these calls, Brian Cashman, and boy, was that a bad one. Um, I'm not going to call it yet, but I think that when this six-year contract is up, we're going to look back at this one and just say, this is another one of those horrible Brian Cashman pitching signings. Uh, It happens, it's happened many, many years. The last 20 years, there have been many examples of this. And so, Rodon, what an embarrassment. Who, you know, a guy who was actually kind of doing all right, uh, lately, now ends up finishing out the season with the ugly numbers that he deserves. I'm happy that this happened because you know what? It's they need to work with him big time. So, Rodon is the big story in game one. Like I said, the, the Yankees didn't, re- the first 10 Royal batters reached base. That includes eight versus Rodon and then two versus Matt Bowman. So, the Yankees got annihilated here. It's a nine, uh, the Royals put up a nine spot in the first inning. We'll go through each one. Just as far as lineup stuff, Giancarlo Stanton was at all three games of this series. I thought that was somewhat interesting. I mean, no one really talked about it, but Stanton didn't play any of the three games. Um, and in this one, LeMahieu sat the first one, so Jake Barris played first base. Nothing else really of note here. I think Judge, Judge DH'd all three games, I believe. I don't think he played the field for any of them. Maybe game two, but I'm pretty sure it was DH'd. Oh, sorry, not DH'd all the way through. He didn't play game three. We'll talk about that game three lineup. It was pretty, pretty ugly, but um, yeah. So let, let's talk about the first inning here. And as far as, yeah, any, there were moves. Let me just talk about some transactions that did take place. Um, I kind of want to slow build it, but the moves that happened here were two that I think I had kind of spoke about going into, like in the last Blue Jay episode. Uh they activated Keenan Middleton from the IL. He would appear in the first game and struggled, but Middleton, again, like showed himself well. We'll see what his future is. He's going to be a free agent. And they sent down uh, Yoandres Gomez, who had made his major league debut the night before. And then in uh, then before the second game, Frankie Montaz did come back. We'll talk about this. And he made his season debut. Really weird situation. And they sent down Randy Vasquez, who had pitched um, in game one. Uh, and in order to get uh, Montaz on the roster, on that active roster, they uh, it was a uh, a, t- a move that meant, meant nothing. But Dom- Jason Dominguez was uh, transferred to the 60-day IL. Again, didn't mean anything. Um, but yeah, so first inning, let's get into it. Michael Garcia single, Bobby Witwalk, Salvador Perez, uh, two-run double. 
Edward Alvarez, two-run homer. Velasquez, single. Lofton, single. Matt Duffy, RBI, single. Uh, steal by Lofton. Walk by Logan Porter. And, and Rodon's out of the game. Just, like, insane. Th these numbers were horrible. Injuries, everything. Like, that is just one of... Uh, out of all the bad things that Brian Cashman did, that is up there with the worst. You just have to say it. You just have to say it and... Um, it's not for lack of want or effort, right? Like it's, he tried, I'll give him that he tried, but he was wrong. Um, and Rodon has a lot to prove. I think Yankee fans, that will be public enemy number one going into next season. I think as I look at this, right, you got, you know, the gallows are gone. The Donaldson's, the Hicks gone. So I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Of course, there's always Stanton, who is always going to, you know, that's always going to be someone. But Rodon, I think, like, honestly, the first bad start of next season, let's say it's Yankee Stadium, let's say first week, and he, you know, gets, he's out in the third or fourth inning, he will be booed off the mound big time. Like, that. that's where it's at. Like, fans don't, and they shouldn't, he, he acted like a jackass all fucking season. Like, I wanted to like this guy a lot. He is one of my most hated players on this team. So Matt Bowman comes on, and you know what? Deservedly so, gives up Rodon's runs. RBI double, two-run double for uh, Kyle Isbell. And then eventually you get a sack fly by Bobby Witt, which was the first out recorded of the uh, of the inning. Crazy stuff. One of the ugliest innings I've ever seen. And the Royals take a 9-0 lead. We'll try to, you know, swim through this the rest of the way. Randy Vasquez pitched a lot. You know, he was kind of, he was the bolt guy, as it turned out. And Vasquez does give up a run in the third. Um... An RBI ground out by Salvador Perez. In the fourth inning, one of the bright spots down the stretch, Austin Wells hits a three-run homer. With one out, cuts it to 10-3. It's his fourth homer of the year. Wells showed out pretty well. So I am pretty happy about that. Where Wells, for a while, was kind of like, I don't know. By the end of it, I'm actually feeling pretty good about him. And I do think that with a good spring training, or even just a decent spring training, I think he's going to be one of your two catchers going next season. If he struggles, I, I don't think he should be given it. But I do think that he kind of has a leg up right now. Pretty impressive showing for him on both sides of the plate. Uh, fifth inning, you get an RBI ground up by Everson Pereira after a leadoff double by Oswald Peraza. Oswaldo Cabrera with a lot of bunts. Um, I don't hate it, but it's also a little bit weird. So a lot of sack bunts for Oswaldo, uh, which happened in that inning. Uh, sixth inning, same sort of thing. You get a leadoff double by Judge, eventually leading to an RBI ground up by Wells. So four RBIs for Wells in this one. In the sixth, uh, Zach McAllister finishes out the inning after Vasquez is replaced. Bottom of the seventh, Keenan Middleton comes on and struggles, and he, got, he gives up a two-run homer to Bobby Witt. So Bobby Witt, with his 30th homer of the year, gives the Royals a 12-5 lead. Uh, and then in the eighth, Nick Ramirez comes on, throws a score. So the Yankees lose 12-5, and again, the story is Rodon. Just uh, an absolute embarrassment. So game two, the Yankees still searching for, uh, you know, that above 500 winning season, and they do get it in game two. They do get in game two. Um, Clark Schmidt was the starter for the Yankees. Clark ended up, you know, it was a struggle to end the season for Clark. He really, um, you know, really had a rough go of it. And I like what he did in the middle of the season. I think it's impressive that he finished the season from start to finish in the rotation. I think in part it speaks to that there were, there were injuries and struggles in the rotation. I think he might have been pulled... I think in April and May, he might have gotten yanked, but because of everything else that was around him, he stuck stood around and, and did a nice job. Here, four innings, two runs, which, like, is tolerable, but the, the point is, he can't really give you... He's bad third time through, 
and just pitch efficiency, he doesn't really get you through five. So they got to work on that. To me, Clark Schmidt is a back end of the rotation guy currently. This is a fifth to sixth guy in a rotation, you know, with shades of gray. But I, I think that that's basically where he belongs. Lineup wise, um, you know, LeMahieu back in there. Um, Volpe on the bench for this one. He would come in and pinch it for Jake Bowers. So um, not a whole else to speak of there. Higgy gets... Um, his his uh, start at catcher. Now, he did start at DH in the last game. This may have been Higgy's last catcher appearance here. I feel like the future for Higgy is a little bit bleak, but, you know, we'll see what happens there. So, it's Clark Schmidt starting against uh, the opener for the Royals was Steven Cruz, and then the bulk guy for the Royals was Alec Marsh, um, who Marsh struggled versus the Yanks. Uh, Yanks got a lot of two-out singles, which you don't really see from the, from them, but they did get him a bunch in this one. Royal State lead in the first, off the of Schmidt, an RBI single by Nelson uh, Velasquez with two out. Then in the third inning, um, you get a solo shot by Salvador Perez, his 23rd homer of the season, after Bobby Witt had been caught stealing by Kyle Higashioka. Uh, Witt, you know, eager for that 50th, still didn't get it. Then in the fourth, a uh, a couple of walks to Glaber and Bowers with no out. Then with two out, Oswaldo Cabrera, RBI single, and Everson Pereira, RBI single. So both of uh, the young kids, a couple of RBI singles, makes it to two. And then in the fifth, Frankie Montaz comes on. It was actually a good fifth inning for him. A two-out walk, but beyond that, uh, got the job done with three ground outs. So... Um, you know, Montas with a good fifth inning. And Montas actually would get the win because the Yankees break out in the sixth. A two-out RBI single by Eston Floreal off of the new pitcher, Colin Snyder. And then Glaber Torres, bases loaded, two-out with a two-run single to make it 5-2. Uh, Glaber ends up the season with an 800 OPS flat. So that's good. I like the the offensive side. was good for Glaber. The defensive and, you know, just brain farts still there and not good for Glaber this season. Um... Sixth inning, Montaz gets into trouble. Massey single, Blanco double, and then he does strike out Logan Porter. So Montaz leaves, and, and he's fortunate because Greg Weissert, who Weissert showed pretty well. Like, you know, out of the relievers, Weissert actually, I thought down the stretch, pitched a lot better than I've ever seen him. So that could be something that they tap into. Uh, he got a couple of strikeouts in the inning, Prado and Garcia. So Montaz ends up going one and one third, gets the win, um, no runs allowed. But I would not bring him back. I hope that doesn't happen. It seems like it is crazily a possibility. And to me, that's just almost stubbornness on Cashin's part. If they do do that, I would walk away from this, move on. It didn't work out and just go. Uh, so 5-2 Yanks. And that would be the final score. Seventh inning, you get a leadoff walk, Weiser. And then Ian Hamilton comes on, finishes out that seventh inning, does a good job, and pitches the eighth inning as well. So Ian Hamilton, who was a, another bright spot this season. And the ninth inning, it'll be Clay Holmes who uh, gets the, his final save of the season, 1-2-3 inning. Good job by Clay Holmes this year. Uh, after last year, was amazing the first half, bad in the second half for Clay. There were some struggles at times this year, but I'd say it was a mostly positive season for him. Um, and we'll see what his role is going next year, but I'm sure he de will definitely be a part of that bullpen. So the Yankees win 5-2. You know what I just realized? This is another example. The Yankees lost game 3-5-2. I think in the last three series, you had similar scores but flipped. Yankees-Diamondbacks, I think the last... You had, like, games one and two were the same score, I think, or close to, but the opposite in terms of Yankees won one, the opponent won one. We saw that in the Blue Jays series with games two and three. And then again here in two and, two and three, really wacky stuff. Um, but anyway, Yankees, this lineup in game three was really bad. And the one shitty thing, 
that happened in game three is Michael King didn't pitch well. It doesn't change the overall thought, right? Um, King, you know, will be a part of that rotation. Zach Greinke, in what might have been his last start as a major leaguer, he didn't announce his retirement, but he's getting up there in age. Greinke ends up, you know, going five innings. He does allow one run um, as, uh, as, who was it? The Royal Reliever. Taylor Clark allows, uh, a, I think it was leadoff walk to LeMayhew. And that runs towards, but but Granky, if that was it, you know, it was a nice outing. Uh, he finishes the season two and fifteen. He didn't get much run support, but he also didn't pitch very well either. Um, but two and fifteen is a little misleading. He was better than that, but still. Um, Yankee one up here. So no, like I said, no stand for all three. No Glaber. No Judge. And was there another one of? I think no. That was really the only significant ones that were out. So Kalagashioka ends up batting cleanup and is the DH. It feels like, I don't know, with Higgy, it feels like it's going to be done. I don't know. Just reading, like, the quotes and stuff. It, even though he's not a free agent, it just feels like, I don't know, Trevino-Wells might be the combo, and Higgy kind of is the one that goes. And, look, that could end up being a mistake. I got to be honest. Higgy, like, offensively, is very serviceable. Now, unfortunately, he's solid defensively, but he isn't great. You know, I've come to find that, like, Trevino is definitely a lot better defensively. Whereas there was a time when I thought, you know what? The difference isn't large. It was more because we were comparing it from Higgy to Sanchez. When you make that comparison, anyone's going to look amazing defensively. So that's part of it. But, you know, we'll see what, what Higgy's future holds. But um, Michael King, unfortunately, does struggle on this one um, after just being sensational. Uh, since being a starter, he only goes four innings, allows eight hits, and uh, gives up four runs and only gets one strikeout. So his ERA on the season finishes up at 2.75, which is still fantastic. But, you know, not a great one here. MJ Melendez homers in the second, his 16th homer. It's off of Kang, makes it one nothing, And then uh, single by Blanco with two out. He's still second to Nick Prado with an RBI single. 2 nothing Royals at this point. Then in the third, Bobby Wick gets uh, picked off, which was kind of funny. Um, and then in the fourth inning, Edward Olivares homers, his 12th homer of the year, and then uh, Darian Blanco, uh, he homers. So King allows three homers in this one. So 4 nothing Royals at this point. Johnny Brito comes on, and again, Brito continues. that like He did well here again. He ends up going three innings. He gives a leadoff triple to Bobby Witt in the fifth, which was kind of a, more of a bad play by Oswaldo, and then a sack fly by Sal Perez makes it 5 nothing. But Brito goes three innings, three hits, that one earned run, no walks, and six strikeouts. So really finishes out the year very strong, and I'm excited to see what Brito might bring to the table next year, probably in more of a bullpen role, and I guess as a depth starter. So leadoff walk LeMayu in the sixth, and Granke's out of the game. They give him a standing ovation in Kansas City. Taylor Clark comes on, and you get an Austin Wells one-out double, and then uh, with two out, second and third, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa with a two-run single makes it 5-2. I should have mentioned Higgy had bases loaded, no out in the first, and in a double play. He also had a chance here, Second and third one out and uh, flies out to shallow uh, left. And Higgy, uh, he did double uh, at one point, though. Uh, so IKF two-run single and what was probably IKF's. So I, would, I would assume IKF will be gone and not, you know, he's a free agent. So IKF in his last game as a Yankee in all likelihood gets a two-run single. And then Oswaldo flies out. Let's jump to the, let's see, eighth? Yeah, let's jump, uh, yeah. Austin Wells doubles in the eighth inning. So, again, Austin Wells, three for four with two doubles in this game. So, Wells finishes out with a 229 batting average and a 743 OPS. Not terrible based on where he was. That, that doesn't look so bad. So, a good final, you know, that one month for Austin Wells did a nice job. I wish we could have seen more of Jason Dominguez. So, 
Um, Greg Weissert pitches a good eighth inning. I mean, he's been getting a lot of work. And so Weissert, his final ERA of the season ends up being 4.05. Um, let's see what the whip is and some other stuff. Uh, whip's pretty bad, 1.45. But like I said, like lately though, that, that's because of a lot of what he had done in previous stints. Lately, it's a lot better than that. So we'll see. Uh, and the ninth inning Yankees go down easily. And yeah, they lose 5-2. Fitting way to end the season with a loss, although technically they had a winning season. And that's it. So happy this is over with, honestly. I uh, hate to say that, but it's true. And uh, yeah, 2023, not good for the Yankees. We'll see what changes are made next year. I I'm not really sure what they'll do, but I also think that, um, you know, Cashman will be back. I think Boone will be back. It sounds like Sean Casey might be back. And they got to get creative somehow. I don't think that really spending is the answer. I think true trades and, you know, you got to build through the farm. Unfortunately, it's not the fun way, but like I feel like you got to kind of cut the dead weight somehow. And I don't think there's an easy solution here. I think the Yankees might be a team that, you know, you look to next year and I don't know, maybe they surprise, right? Maybe low expect. I think this will be a low expectation team next year. I, I think that, look, the division's strong. And I don't think much good will happen. But again, my opinion could change. Maybe this offseason goes differently than I see it. I, I think that there will be some big moves that happen. But I, I don't necessarily think that. I think more so in subtraction somehow. You know, maybe an unforeseen move like to get rid of someone than necessarily to bring in a star. We will see, though. Uh, it'll be one of the more interesting offseasons we've seen in some time. So again, Yankees lose the final series of the season. First, the Kansas City Royals. However, they do, in a failure of a season, they still do uh, get their 31st straight winning record of a season. They finish at 82 and 80. Let's see what the offseason brings. This Yankee season is over.